This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 14th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. In studying the relative economic freedom of nations around the world, James Guartney says the news is good. Guartney, an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute, is co-author of the Economic Freedom of the World Index, released in September. Well, each year, for one thing, we do a a theme chapter, and this year's theme chapter has to do with uh, whether or not economic freedom, as it grows in one country, exerts an impact, a spillover effect, if you like, on neighboring countries, and not only look at that issue in terms of neighboring countries geographically, but uh, but trading partners. And it was that chapter was done by uh, Russ Obel and Pete Leeson, and uh, uh, Russ is a professor of economics at West Virginia, and Pete Leeson is now at Georgia. Mason. And essentially their statistical findings are that as countries in your region uh, become freer, it does exert some impact on increasing economic freedom or encouraging neighbors, if you like, to increase their economic freedom. And what about trading partners? Same thing. Uh, and, and about equal in terms of magnitude. As your trading share goes up by, say, 10% exerts uh, with a, a given country, it exerts about the same impact as a 10% increase in economic freedom. And so uh, uh, it's not uh, well, maybe strong enough. You know, a lot of the foreign policy of the United States in various periods of time, as well as other countries, was based on kind of a domino theory. If one country goes a, a, a either toward uh, uh, markets or toward socialism, that it's going to cause the neighboring countries. And we don't find it of that magnitude. Essentially, their estimates are that a one percentage a one-point increase in economic freedom results in neighboring countries increasing their economic freedom by two-tenths of a point. But I think we see some uh, evidence of this throughout, for example, Eastern Europe, that as uh, uh, Estonia and uh, uh, the Baltic, well, first, of, as Estonia kind of took the lead there, moving substantially toward uh, uh, liberalized economic reforms that the, its uh, uh, fellow Baltic states quickly followed. And then uh, their impact, I think, is uh, exerted uh, through a, an influence through the region that other countries such as, say, uh, uh, Hungary and Bulgaria and now more recently Rem- Romania, they're taking a, a close look at what has taken place in uh, the Baltic states. And it's clear over even uh, you know, as far as a country like Georgia. So it does exert some Im- a positive impact. Now you mentioned Estonia, which has sort of been a superstar uh, of recent years in terms of its uh, rocketing up the uh, the index. Can you describe their story a little bit? Boy, it really has been. Uh, uh, Mart Lahr, who was uh, the prime minister uh, in 92-93, actually has ter- served two stints as prime minister, said that when he became prime minister, he had only read one book, and that was Milton Friedman's Free to Choose. And he thought that's what every all economists thought. But they they essentially removed their trade barriers. They moved to a flat tax and reduced the top rates substantially. They uh, uh, Their monetary policy, they tried their currency to uh, uh, first to the mark and now more recently to the euro. And have just done a lot of things right. And they moved in the Economic Freedom of the World Index in 1995. They were 71st. And uh, in the most recent index, they're eighth. So uh, what a, a, a fantastic story. And that they are also uh, uh, just about the fastest growing comp- country in the world in terms of per capita GDP. So they're reaping their fruits of it as well. There are some negative outliers, those being Zimbabwe and Venezuela, where 
essentially uh, authoritarian regimes have, in the name of poor people, greatly restricted uh, economic freedom. But overall, the countries around the world are doing pretty well, right? The trend has been upward. We're able uh, to track uh, for the same set of countries and looking at only changes in terms of the components with, within this index and see what has happened to economic freedom with, a, I think, considerable degree of accuracy from 1980 forward. And we find in 80, 80 to 85 there wasn't very much change. But since 1985, the average of the countries included in the Economic Freedom of the World Index uh, all during that period has increased from 5.5 to 6.6. Uh, uh, and that's a, a point, one point, uh, a point and a tenth is a big increase. And uh, uh, that it essentially reflects that uh, monetary policy has become uh, greater access to sound money, more stable monetary policy, lower marginal tax rates, relaxation of trade restraints. Those are the three major areas where countries around the world have made huge liberalizations. And uh, uh, there's good news associated with this, and that is that uh, from 95 to uh, 2005, the world has actually enjoyed almost unprecedented growth, that our per capita GDP during that decade uh, is uh, about twice what it was during the 1975 to 85 decade and during the 19... Uh, uh, 85 to 95 decade, and uh, we've had reductions in poverty rates. We've had uh, some countries that would previously have been thought of as left developed countries that their income levels have, have uh, uh, virtually doubled in that relatively short uh, period of time. So the fastest growing countries in the world are less developed countries. Isn't that an interesting story? James Wartney is co-author of the Economic Freedom of the World Report. He's also an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. More podcasts and full events are available for download at our website, cato.org.